Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin AC, Padres beat writer, Jay Posner, sports editor of the Union Tribune, my boss. We're a day late, but uh, hey, that means we get to talk about all that happened in the home opener last night. Jay, we got Mackenzie Gore going tonight. You got the Padres at five and three, an offense that for one night looked really good. Uh, where do you want to start? Kevin, I had all these predictions ready for yesterday. I mean, I was going to predict that Manny Machado had five hits and that <laughs> Eric Hosmer was the toast of the town with with four hits. And by the way, Twitter really needs that sarcasm font. There are oh, did you get you were on a bender like last night? And uh, uh, I just had a couple tweets about how you know Hosmer, you know, he can opt out after this year. Nobody's talked about that, and I, I wonder if there should be an extension. And 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 somebody responded and said, uh, aren't they trying to trade him? And it's kind of like, uh, aren't you in on the joke here? So uh, anyway, it was it was fun and all, you know, all in good fun when it's 12 to nothing or 12 to one or, uh, you know, whatever the score might be. And I mean, you know, in a in a fantasy world, that's how it is every night for the Padres. You know, starting pitcher goes six and two thirds shutout innings. The rookie shortstop hits a home run. The the veteran third baseman you know, has one of the games of his life. The veteran first baseman continues to get multiple hits. Will Myers drove in a run. Uh, Luke Voigt drove in a couple of runs. Uh, you know, everything everything went their way uh, last night. If a, and, if a quarter and, uh, of those things go their way and Joe Musgrove right. pitches like he is, uh, you know, then that's how you want it to be every night. <laughs> right. I mean, other than – I mean, we could start with the pitching, you know, because obviously they had the, the Snell injury, but – Outside of outside of that and whatever that was from you, Darvish, the other night, their pitching has been fantastic. Uh, you know, Sean Manea was excellent on on Wednesday. You know, you give up two runs and you, you like your chances. Musgrove was fantastic last night against the, you know, the world champions. Can't wait for tonight. Mackenzie Gore. But, you know, just looking back quickly, I mean, the rotation, Mike Clevenger, I guess, pitched well last night for a couple innings in Lake Elsinore. So, Everything is shaping up. I mean, Nick Martinez, I guess, will pitch tomorrow, you know, coming off a, a pretty good start in his debut. So we'll see. I mean, the, the question we've raised early on was whether they would hit. And for the last two games in San Francisco, they did not. And for last night and then last night, you know, they couldn't do any, They couldn't do anything but get hits. I mean, blue pits, line drive hits, home runs, you know whatever i i did have to laugh at the um not to pick on valley sports but who comes up with their questions of the day but yesterday was a you know more or less the padres will hit three more or less than three home runs in the game so if you're picking more you're basically you're picking them to hit four home runs in a night game at petco which would have matched their total for the first week so i think they ended up with what two they had two. So the only the only people unhappy with the offensive output yesterday then were the people who had the over. On, right. On right. Three runs. So, but yeah, I mean, it looked like a, I, I'm eager to get out there tonight and it looked like a uh, looked like a oh. great time last night. The crowd came across as really loud and enthusiastic. And uh, I, I don't ever remember a Padre game with two curtain calls. Do you? I do not. I mean, you know, I'm far from a historian. We could ask Bill Center, uh, but uh, certainly not in my time. The the single curtain call is, is rare. And yeah, then yeah. the ovation and the ovation for Joe was as widespread. It wasn't a few people. It wasn't a quarter of the uh, rotate uh, of the stadium when Joe Musgrove, before he even got off the mound, almost all of the stadium was on its feet. 
I, here's the thing that stood out last night. It was a fantastic crowd and a fantastic atmosphere. It was opening night. Okay. Yeah. But that's what we've become used to. Like, honestly, being there, it wasn't any crazier than a Friday or a Saturday night in, you know, early 2019 or uh, the first part of or the first two thirds of last year. That's right. what's right. cool about it is that is what that you kind of have come to expect. And if you went to a whole bunch of games, which you did, Jay, yeah. uh, for many years where, you know, 11,000 people were there, uh, you know, or even on, it, it took a towel giveaway or a bobblehead to get a lot of people and they weren't really watching the game. A lot of them, um, this is really cool. Like, honestly, that it was, it was a lot of fun. And it's a lot of fun to, to be back at Petco, um, especially after you start at Chase Field. And the, and the one thing I want to mention with the Musgrove ovation, when, when that happened last night and Melvin went out to get him with two outs in the seventh inning and the game was out of hand at that point, I, I thought to myself, he's doing this just so Joe can get an yeah. ovation yeah. from the crowd, that Bob Melvin is a guy who gets it. And then to read after the game that that's exactly what he was doing. Yeah. I thought that was really cool because that's not showing anybody up. It's not being Dusty Baker handing the ball to Russ Ortiz or any of that kind of stuff. That's just doing a really good thing for a guy who deserved it. And I think it's a good thing for the fans too. I mean, the fans I'm sure really enjoyed being able to give, to let Musgrove know, you know, how much they, how much they love him on the Padres, how much they appreciated the effort. And, you know, there was a reason that, that Melvin wanted him to pitch the home opener and, and that was a perfect a perfect way to end it, I thought. You know, instead of lifting him between innings like he would normally do, hey, why don't you go get a couple outs and then I'll come get you and we'll let the crowd cheer you. I, I, that was a great thing to read. I also, since we're on that topic of things I read, I thought the most interesting thing I read today, and I think this was in your newsletter and nowhere else, the quotes from Manny Machado about Eric Hosmer, and, and maybe you can summarize what, what Manny said, but I, I thought that was really interesting. And I wanted to know, I, I wanted to know what you thought about that and sort of what that might portend going forward, um, you know, for the Padres and, and their plans for Eric Hosmer. Well, what it might pretend going forward. I don't know that it makes a big difference. Um, what Manny said, if, if AJ Preller finds the right deal, then, you know, and he feels like it's best, then, I still think they'll do it. I don't know that that deal is going to happen. I I do think that I do well, know. Mention the that, comment. Mention what Manny yes. said first. Yeah. Well, Manny Manny Machado said, and he did say in a in a group that mm -hmm. he would be mad if if uh, Hosmer left, and it was he volunteered that. And so when I was talking to Manny Machado later, then I was like, you know, can we go into it a little bit more? And and Manny, you know, he was done for the night, but he certainly wanted to make sure that that I I I wrote about the production that that uh, Eric Hosmer's having, you know, he says, that's what they kill him for. I think everyone knows what he means in this clubhouse, but he's, he's hitting, make sure everybody knows he's hitting um, and he's getting it done. And, and so that's Manny Machado. And we've seen what happens when Manny's not happy. So I do think that it probably should resonate upstairs. And what I was going to say is that, um, that, I do know that AJ Preller does uh, appreciate what Eric Hosmer means. Eric Hosmer does need to keep producing, not at a 1200 OPS, but Eric Hosmer needs to keep uh, producing at, at uh, Kansas City Royals level, at 2020 right. season levels, something like that. 
in order to make it that he's still here, uh, because that's where he has his value, uh, certainly. But the importance of him to this team is is absolutely unquestionable, and and it's it's one of the things that makes me like it used to frustrate me, and now it just sort of makes me laugh um, that people that have never met someone know better than teammates that would like give a finger for a guy. Um, <laughs> I mean, yes, that stuff can be overblown. Uh, absolutely. The, the, the clubhouse leader stuff can be overblown. Um, but he is very important. How about this? How about this? People universally, Padres fans universally love Jake Cronenworth, right? Right. Jake Cronenworth worships Eric Hosmer. Does that not mean anything? It's just right. kind of funny to me that, oh, no, Eric Hosmer is a horrible human being for whatever reasons. Right. Anyway. And, and, um, and I think we've, you know, we've seen, we've seen Hosmer, you know, this is not in any way to say that Eric Hosmer is going to be something more than he's been for the Padres so far. Um, he has had great stretches. Yes. Uh, I mean, the 60 game season two years ago, he had good, he had really good numbers in that 60 games. So, I'm not in any way trying to suggest that in a in one week span, you know, Eric Hosmer has has suddenly changed who he is, or that anybody should change their opinion of him. It's just it's it's always struck me over the especially over the past year, um, sort of the the whipping boy that he's become over a certain segment of the of the fan base, and and some of it is very much deserved. I mean, look, he has not produced like someone who is making the money that he is making uh, should produce. I mean, you, you pay someone that kind of money when you're sort of at a, I don't want to say they have a salary cap, but they have a salary cap. Um, and if you're paying somebody a large, a large percentage of it, you expect them to produce. And for the most part, Hosmer has been very erratic in those, in those terms, but just the vitriol that people have for him is always. Well, sort of I will say this. Let, me, let's, take me let's back, remember. especially when you say that the people in the clubhouse who know him, you know, I, I would say from what you have said, pretty much universally like the guy and and like having him around and think that he brings something, uh, you know, sort of brings something to them. And and now I don't know. Again, I don't know what happened last year. Uh, you know, the cynic in me could say, well, great. He's a great clubhouse leader. Where was he last year? You know, when they fell apart. That's but what the, I was going to. That's, that's that, what I was going to say, Jay, like, is that last year, um, in, in order to check myself and and yeah. and have the natural questions too, of well, if, if he and and others are so great, well, what's happening right now? And right. you know, good people or strong people could be in the middle of bad situations. Um, strong people aren't perfect either. I mean, there's mm-hmm. you know, just you can't just use all the evidence against Eric Hosmer, right? And and it's it's uh, I want to say two things. It's unfortunate that we can't just express our frustration. As a, as a society anymore, it has to be. Right. He's the worst. Okay, <laughs> it has to be. Uh, he he's the worst, and and also let's remember where is a lot of this vitriol coming. And and um, look, I'm a big fan of the Twitter. That's super, but it, it confuses me. And here's sarcasm font. It confuses <laughs> me that when I'm at games, Eric Hosmer gets a pretty decent ovation from the fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's weird. Because on Twitter, I thought everybody hated him. So it's, you know, let's keep it all in perspective here. 
Uh-huh. Well, and even and I agree. And even when he's not going well, I, like last year, I, I don't. It, it wasn't like he was, you know, like it was Manny Machado coming to the plate at Dodger Stadium, uh, you know, or yeah. Manny Machado coming to the plate anywhere, uh, for that matter. So it's just I, I don't know. It's one of those things that has has happened. And look, I I've said many times what I think of Hosmer. If he's going to play like this for six months. That's fantastic. He's going to play at you know seventy five percent of this for for oh, for this season. That's a huge boost for the Padres, and and that's what and that's what they need. And I don't blame people for being frustrated no. with him. They should no. be. I mean, he should have been, he should be better uh, over the time that he's been here. But it, it's just the like you said, it's the he can't just be frustrated. He has to be the worst player in the world. And this year, by the way, this week the worst player in the world is Will Myers. Because he and he should be DFA'd now because he's had a bad week. As we've talked about many times, Will Myers is who he is, and he's going to have weeks like this where he has an an OPS of 524, and he's going to have weeks where he has an OPS of 1024. It, and it just so happens, and and you know this better than anyone. Whatever happens the first week of the season, the first two weeks of the season, is always much, much, much bigger than what happens over two weeks in June, you know, because Myers at some point is going to get hot and people, everyone will say, will forget how that works. They need production out of Will Myers. They need production out of Trent Grisham. You know, they need Hosmer to continue to hit like this. They need Cronenworth to be, to be better. I think they need Luke Voigt certainly to hit. So there's a lot of, there's sort of a, there's quite a demarcation of, of production in this lineup. And last night doesn't really change all that much. They still they still need more offense. Uh, Trent Grisham went one for five. He walked uh, his last uh, time up, or he would have been the only Padres player to not reach base. Most people were reaching base two and three times, um, and and it's been he was zero for four in both of the previous two games. And right. that was without a walk either. So uh, Trent Grisham in the leadoff spot. We'll see how far that keeps going. Uh, look, C.J. Abrams. The guy is not overwhelmed. I have. Um, I don't think there's any reason to not have confidence that adjustments won't be made. But other than the home run last night, he was made to look like a rookie in right. every at bat, and and that's something that they knew was coming. So it's not a surprise. So then it's like with Fernando Tatis Jr. Heck, the first week of Fernando Tatis Jr.'s uh, career, you were like, uh oh, I don't know. Maybe he's gonna have to go down to the minor leagues, learn how to hit the inside fastball, um, and see how that turned out. Right. So right. you know what sort of adjustments will C.J. Abrams make? Uh, ha Sung Kim probably going to have to play against righties because the Braves have three righties coming up and it's, you know, the guys started three games. Uh, they, yeah. It's this kind of catch 22. They don't want Ha Sung Kim to start every game, but they don't want him sitting three days in a row because how's he ever going to get better and get in a rhythm sure. that way? Yeah. Luke Voigt has not hit a home run yet. Got his first extra base hit. He's hit grounded into double plays and struck out a lot. Um, he's, he's frustrated. Um, I think he really wants to do well, by the way. Like, I think that he is taking a lot on himself too, which is interesting because it's not like he was brought in to be Manny Machado, but I think he coming from New York and, and all that, he is seeing this as a second life and is, he's putting a lot on himself. There's still a lot. I mean, throw 12, one out the window. There's a, right. there's a lot of questions. You can't separate Myers and, and, um, Hosmer in the lineup either. Like it's like you just can't. You got your right, left. You've got other guys that belong up higher, and it's yeah. so it's like if both of them aren't going well, like last year, it's a disaster. Right, right. And and you look now, and and you know they've got a couple guys in the right now at the top and bottom 
of the lineup, you have guys that have on base percentages of below 200, which obviously is not sustain, not sustainable. Um, and in many ways, it, right? And like, you know, it happen, been, and it can't happen, <laughs> right? And Vo- voice, you know, voice been getting on base, but as you said, last night was his first extra base hit. Um, you know, Myers hasn't done much. So there, there's a lot of room for improvement. I, I, you know, Austin, the, the catching position has been good. Um, I was, I was surprised to see Nola hitting second against a right-handed yeah. hitter. I wonder yeah. if that's something that will continue. I, I'm not sure what the other uh, options are there other than know. putting, uh, well, I mean, the one option is obviously putting Manny there and with Cronenworth, with Cronenworth third, but, and Voigt fourth. So you just kind of drop people down a little bit. So that, that's the one thing you could do. Look, Bob Melvin knows a lot and and the people in the organization know a lot more about the numbers and this stuff than, than I do. But I, I I really like Nola at the top of the order against lefties. I was just surprised to see him. I was too. And the reason I was like, that's right. It's like Nola's really nice in that spot. He gets on base and, and I think he's an excellent situational hitter. Um, And the reason I was like jumping on there you go is because like there's not a lot of options in this in this lineup right now. I mean, you know, there just isn't um, a lot of options at the top of the lineup except for Machado and Cronenworth. I mean, I don't know what right. you do if Frank Grisham doesn't start getting on base. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, well, I know this against left-handers, you could lead <laughs> off you could lead off Nola yeah. and have Machado and have Machado hit second. Um yeah. I I, I I think Machado should hit second all the time. So, um, or yeah, I'm not sure how like all spring training and then early in the season and Bob Melvin talks about how two's the new three and now he's been in the third spot and Bob hasn't really given a a great answer on that. I, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously when Tatis comes back, you, you would expect one of those guys to be two and one to be three, but until he comes back, it still seems like it would be, um, it might be good, especially against lefties, to you know go Nola Machado Cronenworth Voigt. Um, you know that's not a bad. That doesn't seem like a bad spot uh, there. So, um, what else do we want to cover? Mackenzie Gore. What what's his mind? What's his mind like? Uh, what does he see? What does he seem like when he's when he's done interviews the last couple of days? Good as as uh, I would say, his mind is probably as good as it has uh, been in the times that I've you know known him. Uh, whatever, right. uh, Mackenzie Gore is is very guarded. He's a he's a very good kid. He's got a, a mindset of like a um, he's got a mindset of a Hall of Famer. All right. That's just, that's who he is. Now, will he be one? Gosh, I think we're probably 20 years from finding out, um, <laughs> you know, or at least a few, uh, the, but he's extremely talented. And it's funny that, you know, um, all through spring, it was like, well, so what's the difference here? You know, your mechanics, your stuff, your confidence, well, they all play together. Like Mackenzie Gore went down the down the rabbit hole, man. Mackenzie Gore was like, woo, and and it all kind of went out the. It was all bad, right? Mm-hmm. And he worked and he worked and he worked. And I just think, man, how often do we see that where a guy who was like at the right there and and we don't look how how quickly do we celebrate people now jay like you're a number one prospect you're practically in cooperstown right 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 right? and so that's where mackenzie gore was and then nothing oh man this guy washed up 
He's 23 years old. He's about to make his major league debut. He has looked. All we can say right now is this is the guy you thought you were going to see in 2020. This what's the guy debuting now is the guy you thought you were going to see two years ago. So it's I know you're excited and I think that it's completely merited. We'll see what he does. Right. And, you know, if he gives up five runs in two and a third tonight, it doesn't it doesn't mean that he can't be a great pitcher. Um just like if he gives up no runs in five and in five and two thirds, that means he's going to be a great pitcher. But it's just it's good to see him get here. It's good to finally get a chance to to see what's been talked about for so long. But yeah, I mean, you're looking at a guy who was the number three prospect in all of baseball, according to whoever makes the rankings. And I think this year he was down to 86. Yeah, at least in the MLB rankings. So that's a that's a pretty good drop. But you know, here he is. He's facing the the world champions, although they're you know they're not quite the team that they that they were, but they're it's a good lineup. Although I saw some numbers last night that you know looked Padre esque in a way. They're These struggling that, at the know, start. Yeah, they've got some guys who are tonight because they played horribly last night. Not yeah. just the hitting, I, they played horribly. Oh, they were that was that was a bad that was a bad there's look some, last night. There's some veterans the on that team that I bet you're kind of pissed, and now they're going after a rookie. So yeah, we'll, you know. <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll see. Speaking of rookies, Stephen Wilson is a guy yeah. that has stood out so yeah. far, you know, out of the bullpen, and and I he's gotten some high leverage, yes, high leverage has. innings, and and I would think that that would that that would continue. You know, one run in four innings, I believe, and uh, he's he's looked good and has not looked like a rookie. You know, seems seems very poised. Uh, well, he's smarter Tim. than he's smarter than the two of us combined. Uh, I forget <laughs> it's like his uh, what his degree, his master's degree is in. Uh, he's had to work to get here, and he blows the ball by people. He's he's a very and he's and he's a smart pitcher, uh, and obviously is not afraid either. I mean, uh, right. he has been right. in some, and they they expected that, but because of the circumstances of having uh, not overworked, it was by necessity, and, and this is what these guys do, but they used Pierce Johnson a lot. That's clearly their preferred eighth inning guy. But sure. now they've discovered that they have um, a couple at the, at the least, because uh, uh, Luis Garcia will probably be back today. Um, you have a couple seventh, eighth inning guys because you have Wilson well, Garcia, you have uh, Pierce Johnson. So that's really good. And, you know, that's a trickle-down effect too because then you can use Craig Stammen in the sixth. Right. And uh, Well, and you have Tim Hill Tim Hill floating around in the seventh and eighth uh, as well. So I yeah, I was going to say the same thing, that you, they need the multiple guys yeah. in, the, in that role because there, and there's going to be a night where you're going to need Pierce Johnson or somebody like that to close. Uh, you know, if you're on a, if you're on a roll and Taylor Rogers pitches uh, a couple nights in a row, you're going to have to give him a break one night. Uh, that was really, I, I'm sure that was a cool thing on Monday uh, up in San Francisco to see the two twins together on the field uh, like that. And then they end up in the same game. And I, I thought Taylor's comments were really interesting afterwards. Cause I, I thought the same thing when he went out there, it's like, he's trying to save a game for his team. And if he does, his brother is going to be the losing pitcher. And it occurred to him, and he's very aware of it. I was super impressed by that yeah. because, um, you know, he was aware of all of it, and it was all very important to him. They're very close. I mean, I suppose mm-hmm. that shouldn't surprise us, but they're yeah. they're very close. And and I, I, that was neat because it was so neat to him. And that's a wonderful thing about baseball, right? I felt like a few times during the uh, week I was overusing the word historic, right, I, or, or chasing history or whatever. The beautiful thing about baseball is, like, 
there's history like all the time. What a neat thing. The first twins to face each other or to pitch for opposing teams in the same game. The fifth right. to ever appear in the same game. The first in like 32 years since the Canseco's. Uh, uh, that was kind of neat. And I think uh, Taylor Rogers is uh, is very aware of all that. And it was, it was very cool. Then it was cool for him to like move on. And he's like, man, next week's going to be boring. And I think uh, he was pretty <laughs> thankful for that after getting, <laughs> after getting traded, saving three games, uh, playing in the same game of his brother and, and all that stuff. Yeah, he probably could use uh, could use that. And now he hasn't pitched since Monday, I believe, right? Right. So, and, uh, uh, you know, now it's kind of been feast or famine for those back of the end guy, uh, bullpen guys because mm-hmm. uh, Pierce Johnson hasn't pitched in a few days. And that's great because they were being used a lot. Uh, you know, sometimes things work out, right? They got blown out in that one game and they could throw some people out there, give guys rests. Uh, right. They uh, they got, man. Manaya and Musgrove saving them, right? Like yep. Manaya and Wilson are the only guys that had to be used. It was an unfortunate loss. Here's the other thing. I, before we go, like in, in my newsletter today, I wrote about four or five different things. And woven in all of them was the players talking about Bob Melvin. Will Myers talking about Bob Melvin talked to him after, uh, the, the, you know, pulling him in the ninth inning for Matt Beatty with the mm-hmm. bases loaded. That hasn't happened very often. It it does not happen a lot for a guy making $20 million, uh, right. to be hit for a, uh, by a guy who's uh, making the minimum. Uh, Eric Hosmer talked about uh, – because Melvin said that he thought Eric Hosmer looked like he was enjoying the game again. Eric Hosmer said that he enjoys playing for Bob. Bob's given him confidence, let him know that he's confident in him. I don't care who you are. 20 mil, uh, you know, you, you've uh, won a World Series ring. I don't care who you are, and especially if you're a professional athlete, you want to know people believe in you. And you want it, well, you want it to be someone you respect. And, and neither here nor there how they felt about Andy Green and Jace Tingler, but they respect the hell out of Bob Melvin. Uh, Manny Machado talked about him. Uh, what else did I write about, Jay? But everything, Joe Musgrove, and you already mentioned yep. it about him sending him back out there. The respect these guys have for him, and I guess that Bob Melvin uh, – addressed the the team or, or part of the team uh, uh not like big rally thing don't want to mm-hmm. make it like that but he spoke to some guys after the game on wednesday that they lost two to one and look they're still not making errors they're still running the bases really well and he told them that you keep playing like that we're going to be fine and that's what we heard about bob melvin coming in right like right. the steady right. hand the encourager everything's going to be cool that last year wouldn't have happened you know with bob melvin there and i i thought that was really interesting that you obviously they won um it's early in the season all that you're going to get all the good bob melvin stuff but i'm telling you the respect for this guy is just magnificent is this the time where i tell you that i appreciate you kevin and and you're doing a great job. And, and I thought it would be the I, other I way around. You. I thought it was, you're the manager. No, I'm supposed to tell that. I don't know. Oh, yes, anyway, yes. Yeah. Anyway, this should be a, a fun weekend. Remember, all the games have different start times <laughs> this weekend at six, and, and different TV channels. So so be on your toes. 640 tonight is on the regular uh, Bowie San Diego. Tomorrow's 105 on FS1. Yes, and sun- Sunday is the ESPN game just after four o'clock. Um, now, Jay, ESPN and ESPN too. You know that I'm sure a lot of people yeah. out here very interested in the Michael K. Alex Rodriguez uh, version of the Manning cast. I, I I watched about twenty minutes of it the other night. I will say they did a great interview with Roger Clemens, and outside of that, it was kind of like uh, 
Maybe stuff to compare with the Mannings. Well, and there's just like people who's my, I mean, nothing against Michael Kay, who's had a really nice career that's both as a sports writer and then as the Yankees broadcaster. But why is Michael Kay on like national TV as anybody that's sort of like, oh, yeah, I want to. I want to sit here and have a, a social sparkler with Michael Kay and hear what him and A-Rod have to say. It's just very odd, but it is available for anyone who might want to uh, might want to check it out. But it should be fun, and then we'll 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 talk Monday about the the Reds, I believe, are here. Jay, you're the uh, TV expert. Everyone should know that. Don't email me. Email Jay. I go to the <laughs> games. Uh, Jay knows everything about TV, and I noticed that on the Padres schedule, um, they they list Bally Sports and FS1. Is, when they do a FS1, does that broadcast then on Bally? Because I, I thought it was exclusive to FS1. I did too. I'll I'll okay. have to check on that, and we will make sure we'll to put it in the stories yeah. tonight, and then then we'll get it in okay. the paper tomorrow as well. So Regardless, you can find it at FS1. Is, it will definitely be on FS1. I'll find out if it's also going to be on uh, yeah. Bally San Diego. And we're ten seconds away from the dreaded half-hour tone, so we need to uh, get out of here. Thanks, everybody. Yeah.